0: As humans, we wanna feel seen, heard, appreciated and loved no matter what dynamic it is. And so how can we empower our partner? How can we empower our teams? How can we empower them to really like step into what we want them to step into, present ideas. And then the more collaborative we can make it, the more on board they're gonna have, the more bought in they're gonna be because they're gonna be like, that was my idea. Right.
1: Your business is not a
0: pyramid. It's a round table where every voice should matter. You're listening to the Culture Camp Podcast, where we believe that if you build your dream team, anything is possible. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organizations. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Here is your host, Jason Haugen.
1: All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. This one is going to be awesome. It's epic. It is my first lady boss, Kalani Michelle. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks
0: for having me.
1: And this has been a long time coming. You are a busy woman.
0: I try to do it all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. You are a branding and marketing. You have a branding and marketing agency that is an, really a, a worldwide brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're in real estate funds. You have a fundication show coming up. You're a partner in pre-iShare. You have a real estate marketing uh, that is a real estate market, marketplace. Mm-hmm. Commercial real estate fund. You're an international speaker, event host, and you have over 300 publications, including forums. That's yeah. that's sick. And your latest project that uh, we I am re- recently introduced to is the Sisterhood Society. It's a national movement for women. Mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome.
0: That's a passion project.
1: That's cool. Which I think, you know, we'll get into that a little bit, but I I kind of, you know, ins and outs of what you're doing on there. That's pretty cool. What I want to start out with is how did you start doing all this? I mean, what was the first thing you started to do? You know, when was that decision that you made? Was it early on? You know, was it, were you really young? Was it in high school, college? Um, When did you be, you know, decide to become this, this epic lady boss?
0: Well, depends on how far back we want to go. (laughs)
1: As far back as you Um, want.
0: So I, I grew up pretty poor. I like to say trailer trash poor because it was, but I remember when I was 15. So this is after my dad passed away and uh, there's one night that I was laying in bed and I was like, man, I just, this is not the life I want to live. This is not the life I want to have for myself. And I just, I knew that if I wanted to create a different life for myself, then I would have to create it myself. Right? Like it's not going to be handed to me and all those things. And so when I was a teenager, I was like, I want to be the boss of a Fortune 500 company. Did I know what a Fortune 500 company was back then? No, (laughs) but it just sounded really cool. And it sounded like I could just make things happen. So that's where like a lot of the drive and stuff came from. And, um, in terms of where I am now, like I always thought I would be corporate world. I mean, I'm sure for you, like that's what right. our parents, well, maybe not your dad. Cause he was on the entrepreneur side, right. but for my parents and, and a lot of our generation, it was like, Hey, you go to school, you go to college, you, you, you know, have a career you have, you get married, you have kids and all the things. Right. And so I thought that that's what I was going to do. And I got, I got married in 2011. And so I just like, I wasn't satisfied with corporate world. Like I wanted more and I didn't like that. I was essentially defined by my job description and I couldn't really reach outside of that. And that for me just wasn't challenging. Like I, I love growth. I love the person that, that I have become, but also the person that I get to become in the future in pursuit of all of, you know, my, my goals and my dreams. And, and so I knew that I just, if, if I was going to do anything, it was going to be up to me to make those, to make those changes and create that life. And I just started, I mean, in digital marketing, gosh, 20, 2005 ish. And then it just started growing wow. the branding stuff. Like I was like, Oh, I really like, like this like 2010 started learning different elements or different aspects of branding. And then it just evolved and started to evolve. And then I started learning like website stuff and, and then, you know, more digital marketing and then that Instagram, I don't right. know. Were you ever on in Instagram on in 2014? I, yes, I was. Okay. Yes. So, and that's when I saw like these influencers were starting to make money typically just by like partnerships and things. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, there's something here to social media and being able to monetize it. And essentially I started to, I, I started to build my brand and how I was able to build my brand. People were asking me how I was doing it. So I started, started teaching people. And that's how I started my, my branding and marketing agency. And a lot of the online appearance of that company is more toward personal brands because there really aren't very many companies that specializing, specialize in building and growing personal brands. Right. And so behind the scenes, a lot of what we'll do is we'll also do like fractional CMO work for for companies and then we'll also build company brands and all those sort of things. So really it has just, it has just evolved. And I, I'm more in love at this point, not necessarily, not on like all the accolades, but on like the person that I've gotten to become. Right. Throughout the years and and where I still get to go and as I you know pursue pursue my dreams.
1: Heck yeah. No, that is that's awesome. That's an amazing story. Most people so going back to when you were 15 years old, I mean, I would call that probably a defining moment in your oh, life when yes. you were laying in yes. bed. Yes. You know, you said your dad recently just passed away and you are like, I have to change something. Some people, I, I'm probably the majority of people would say, I'm gonna give up. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm never gonna succeed because of my father passing away because I grew up poor, because of this, because of that, because you know, there's so many excuses. It's so interesting that you can take two very similar stories and one one person uses all those, you know, issues and things that happen to them as fuel to become successful. And one of them uses as a fuel to feed the negativity and they become, you know, they go the opposite end of the spectrum. I think, you know, kudos to you. That that's a that's really awesome. Was there anybody in your life that taught you that to uh-huh. that like was Hey, you should go and do this or you can do more, but really was it just an internal thing? It
0: was internal. I mean, I didn't, I I didn't have very many mentors at that point in my life. I mean, there was so much pain, Jason, from growing up from physical abuse to emotional abuse to seeing my parents like fight and argue to the siblings like fighting and arguing to just not having money, not being able to f- afford things, like my grandpa sending us money so that my parents could buy. Um, like Christmas presents and back to school shopping and things like that. And wow. it was just like, like that, I was like, this just isn't how I want to live life. And and I just, I saw like, you see like in movies and things and it's like, that's more of the life that I want to live. I want a life that's free of a lot of preventable pains. And not that I'm not going to have pain in my life or I haven't, but it was just like, I'm going to just make the, the most of it. And I mean, I played sports like in high school and, and elementary school, like growing up. I, I, didn't, I never played club sports because we, ne- we didn't have the money to do that right. um, at the time, but I was always like the leader, if you will, or like one of the leaders, like on the sports teams and just doing things. So it's like, I've always had that natural inclination to be a fighter.
1: Right. And so
0: I think that a lot of it comes from that, but also from wanting to change my life. And you know, when your desire for change is greater than your desire to stay the same, I mean, you'll move mountains.
1: Right. I, I love that. And this will come, bring me to a point. A lot on this podcast, we talk about this a lot. It's it's, And it was never on purpose. It's just kind of become, you know, a talking subject. Do you think people are born to be like an entrepreneur style, CEO style person? Or do you think they're made?
0: I would say made because I never thought that I would be, I didn't think I'd be an entrepreneur. Right. I mean, this corporate world would be a lot easier route. And right. I'd probably be working a lot less than I am now, but sure. I wouldn't change it. For sure. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's awesome. Do you think that and it kind of comes down to, I guess, being a certain personality, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, most people, I guess, I believe are, pre- are pretty much born who they are and mm-hmm. kind of personalities. That's why, you know, really, I, I don't know. Do you believe like your childhood defines that? Because I like it's like siblings, everybody's different, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, look, like my, my, me and my brother and sisters have had, have had the exact same childhood and we're all so different. So you're kind of born with that personality, but you have to, I like that you have to kind of make the decision mm-hmm. to be made. Mm-hmm. You can have the personality but you have to have that. It's almost like most people have to have that defining moment of, okay, here's, is enough enough because time can just pass by. And you know, you could be 55 saying, man, like, I think it's time to start now. And it's like, oh, well, I don't know if it's too late, but it's, you're kind of, you know, many years down the road. That's, that's, that's awesome. I love, I love that.
0: Yeah. Well, I really should have been a statistic. Really. Like if you look at all the things, like I should have been a statistic, but here's the thing. If you look at millionaires. It's like the statistic is like 70 or 80% of them grew up poor. And you wonder why it's because you can't teach someone desire. It's like you have it, or you don't, you can motivate them, right? If they have the desire, you can motivate them, but you can't teach desire. People have it, or they don't. And when you look at the statistic for millionaires, those people have the desire because they wanted to create a different life for themselves. Right?
1: I know. I love that because, so I grew up in a wealthier family and people always kind of give me crap for that. But if you look at statistics, I have less odds of becoming successful than someone else who grew up poor. Yep. So I'm not saying look at me, but I'm like, guys, give me a break because, and you you see this a lot in, in probably branding businesses, marketing is there's there's a person and the succession is the worst thing to ever happen because usually it's that second generation that destroys the company and third makes mm-hmm. it even worse. Yep. It's very rare. Like maybe a couple companies that I can think of, something like Ford Motor Company. Maybe you know the the Ford family has kind of kept that going. Um, but they've all really in tune, like worked in the company. It's very rare for the second generation to to take over and and keep rolling. So, you know, I a hundred percent agree with you. I mean, you, you should have been the statistic and, but you're, you're, you know, you made the the defining moment at 15 years old of all, of all things in, in your bed, lying there saying, I'm going to change my life and do something different. I think that that's awesome. When you were growing up, you said you played sports. Did you do any, did you go to college?
0: I did, yeah. So I had my bachelor's and my MBA.
1: Okay. Yeah. MBA, where'd you get that from? Penn State. Penn yeah. State. So
0: that's when I was wearing the Utes gear the other day <laughs> at the game in Florida. I was like, I'm wearing the wrong gear here. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: that's in. Uh, where's Penn State? It is in what? What city is that in? In Pennsylvania. I
0: don't know. I'm going to Pennsylvania.
1: Either. I'm going to Pennsylvania in a couple of days, and I'm. I, I, saw I should thing. know this. Yeah. Did you actually go in Pennsylvania, or <laughs> did you take? A, did you... So
0: the it was a two year straight program, so we didn't get okay. a break, and um, so the whole program was online. Except we did residencies there that we flew out, so we we worked in cohorts throughout the entire program, and then uh, we had. I mean, it was it was intense. Really? It was, it, an, it was and an intense program.
1: You did that in uh marketing?
0: Uh, it was just general MBA. Just general? They, they don't their MBA program. You don't specialize in like marketing or some of these other okay areas.
1: Cool. So when you when did you start your 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 MBA? your marketing? brand? that was in two thousand.
0: This company right here, particularly was 2018 when I opened that one officially. So what had happened before that too, is I was operating a lot of what I was doing in the services under my personal brand. Okay. And then I was like, you know what, like the team's getting bigger. Like I really need to move everything over. And so then I made that transition from that company in 2018. And then, so what was that like four years ago on that one? Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: So was that pretty much like your first big company that you,
0: yes. I mean, my ex and I, we, we've had some other companies and okay. things like that. But yeah, that was kind of my solo little so
1: you did you ja- think? learning
0: all the, you know, learning all the lessons.
1: <laughs> so how was like, what are some biggest lessons that you did learn um, starting out, you know, with your own agency and dealing with people?
0: Yeah. Well, actually, well, how about this in 2013? So my MBA program was 2012 to 2014. I started a sportswear company, but okay. so I was working in grad school. I was going full-time to grad school. And then I decided because I just get bored with things that I wanted to start doing the sports. Well. And it was mainly like the sports bras with all the strappy, you know, right. tops and stuff. And and so I I started building the prototypes, like sewing the prototypes. I started, really? Like I I went to like the magic show in Vegas. I started finding suppliers and manufacturers, and I spent about a year and a half on this. But the, here's here's the thing though, I never. Took brought it to market because I didn't have the confidence in myself. Really? I always thought like I needed to have a partner. Like I didn't know what I was doing. My parents weren't entrepreneurs. I didn't have entrepreneurial mentors for the most part. Like this was just something I've just been like paving my way with. My whole entrepreneurial journey has just been me paving the way and figuring it out. Really, that's what it has been. I wow. mean, other than like books and mentors at this point. For but sure. like back then, I didn't have. I wasn't really, you know, buying books. Like say back in like 2010 and things. Right. So I. I so that was a. I guess my company, but I never brought it to market because, well, a, it was going to be if it, if anyone's in the apparel business, it was it was a big chunk of money at the time for me to invest in it, and I just I didn't have the confidence in myself that I even knew what I was doing. Wow. So that, that's that's an so interesting story. I guess that was kind of failed, but not, not really. Not really. I mean, did you, it you is learn learning something? From it? it was yeah. it was part of the it's part of the tuition of being an entrepreneur
1: for sure. Yeah. What what advice would you give someone that is in the same position that you were in at that time? Because I'm sure um, that you learned a lot, and if you yeah. go back, would you do anything different?
0: Yes, I would. Pr- I would learn more about running a small business because sometimes you can buy like books on like marketing or sales or HR. Right. But you don't understand like the different departments of a business and how they work synergistically together. Right. And so that's probably a big one is maybe finding like a course or something that teaches you about small businesses. Cause in my MBA, I mean, you're, you're talking like international and global companies and operations and supply chain. And that's not as pertinent for a small little business. So I would say something like that, but also like hiring a mentor, getting in the room with the right people or getting in rooms with the right people, like paying to play. Like don't like for me, I also, I feel like I wasted a lot of time trying to do things myself, trying to learn the website stuff, trying to learn. And now it's benefited me. Right. Right. But at the time it, it took me a long time to learn the skills that I needed to learn because I, it was, I was like trying to save a dime, if you will, to right. learn it myself because so I didn't have to go spend, I don't know, $10,000 on a website when I'm like, that was stupid. Like right. I just wasted time. But at the time I valued my money more than I valued my time. And mm. now it's what flopped.
1: That's powerful. <laughs> it is important to find a mentor, very, very important for, and to find a mentor. There's a lot of groups out there that you can, you know, get get involved with. You have a group that is the Sisterhood Society. So what is Sisterhood Society? Let's ah. start, start with that.
0: So Kate Strong and I, we co-founded it in May and, and essentially what has come up for me, and, and I'm not going to speak for Kate, but, but at least for me is over the years when I was, when I was married. So I was married 11 years from, um, I got married in 2011. Yes. Got married. In, so we were together for almost 14 years. So the thing is, is that I didn't prioritize myself as like a female. I didn't prioritize my girlfriends, my friendships, like I almost lost my identity and my marriage or my marriage was my identity and my ex's like hobbies and things like that were part of my identity. I didn't take the time to really like nurture my soul. And so coming out of the marriage and realizing that like, this is not, like the life that I want to be living in terms of like, even like post-divorce, right? Right. And and like where I didn't have the girlfriends, I didn't have that support system. Like I just, I wasn't nurturing me. And I feel like guys are still pretty good about this. And I could be wrong. Like when, when they're married, they're good about still having and maintaining those friendships. Right. Where women, a lot of, and I don't have kids, but I think when a lot of times it's about like nurturing the family and going to all the kids functions and, right. and doing that, where they might not have as many girlfriends, if you will. And the thing is, is, um, I last November, I told myself, so last year I kind of hit under a rock all year doing all the divorce stuff and processing that. Right. And so in November was the first, when I started to come out and I started to go to things and I started to like step out and that's where I got to create, that's where I was like, this is an opportunity for me to create a new identity. And what do I want it to look like? And I told myself, if I'm going to stay in salt Lake, Because I'm from California, I moved here in 2015. I said I'm going to build a very close, great group of girlfriends. So that was in November, and then over the next six months, I was able to build a lot of great girlfriends, and I saw the difference that it was making, like inside of me, like inside of like my heart and my soul, and how fulfilling it was. And I was like, "Why did I not pursue that before? Like, what what was I thinking in a way? Right. And so now, coming out of that, I see that." I see the impact that it's made in my life and the fulfillment that it's brought um, to me. And I want that for other women. I want to show them like, look, like you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have a career. You can be, you know, a boss babe. You you can do all these things. Uh, You can have a marriage and work, you know, like I'm I'm not saying women should get a divorce to have a career by any means, but like that they can have these things. It's just a matter of like women, helping women get clear on what they want. Most people, men and women alike, they they know what they don't want, but they don't often know what they want. Right. And so when they don't know what they want, well, what like how do you even set goals? Like how do you, where are you going in life? Like what's gonna bring you fulfillment? And so for me, I want to be able to help women with that and give them like tools, help them determine their values, help them determine their non-negotiables, help them set a vision for their life, help them just like give them like the motivation, the encouragement, the roadmap, the tools that they need if they want to build a business. And so I I really want to be that for women. And the thing is, is like, I didn't have one particular person who helped me get to where I am. But the thing is, is I know I've done something right because of A, the companies that I've built, but B, the fulfillment that it's brought for me. And I'm like, I must've done something right. You know what I mean? I I have plenty of missteps, but I must've done something right. And now I can teach women at least where I've gotten to where I am now. And um, that was kind of the premises. I was talking, Kate, Kate was one of the women back in November that just kind of took me under her wing and just, like, loved me and, like, brought me into her friend circle too and just gave me advice, like, post-divorce and just navigating life after divorce. And and so I was talking, we've we've developed a good friendship, and this was probably in April, and I said, Kate, like, I just have this calling to help women, and I just, I I don't know what it looks like, and I don't necessarily, like, want to coach women, but, like, I want... I want to create something for women. And she has, she's already doing stuff for women. And so we're like, let's collaborate. So then we did the luncheon and it has evolved. So tomorrow's our fourth luncheon. And then we're launching a lot of other things with it too, which is exciting. And that's kind of how it has evolved is really like, at least from my standpoint, I want to be able to help women who might not have the tools, the desire, the know-how, or maybe even like the motivation to be able to build something for themselves.
1: Right. That's so awesome. That. (laughs) It's, it's so cool to see you do that because I personally only know you how I know you and you're freaking a badass and you make shit happen. And, you know, we're working on a project together right now that I feel like you're just dragging, you know, me along as fast as you can run. And I'm like, you know, flipping in the wind back here, but you, cause you're just, you make shit happen and you're awesome and you you have the most insane work ethic. And it's, it's an awesome thing that w- what you're doing with women, because there are so many women out there that just don't they maybe they want to do something they don't know how to do something or like i would agree with you that a lot of women do think that their identity is their marriage and their 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 kids and if they don't have that anymore what do they do and and i would argue that a lot of women stay in marriages because of that that they think that without him or the kids or whatever that they have no identity you know machelle and i have had many conversations about this that like hey i you know i want everything to kind of be our thing but you can have your thing like we're a group, we're a team, we're, you know, we're killing it together. Mm -hmm. But if you ever want your thing, then like whatever you do, or can I do anything for you? Like, it's always been a support thing, but we, she has had those conversations with me about her identity. And, you know, especially with her being hard, she was a, you know, a university of Utah dancer. Then she was an NFL dancer, then an NBA dancer. And like, then she stopped and then then she got thrown into me and my daughter. And I'm like, oh crap. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I, but I mean, she loves me and like I warned her a million times before we we uh got married and got together. I was like, hey, this is this is me. And I, you know, but you can yeah. work together, but it's it's been awesome. But I agree with you that a lot of women do struggle with that. And mm-hmm. it's so cool that them to have a avenue or a or something to be able to be a part of something else with other really great women. Yeah. Is this like a club? Do you gotta join it? You can just go like is it open to the public? Yeah. Are you like is your like demographic b- entrepreneurs and business owners or you know who's your demographic?
0: Good question. So what it, it it's just been naturally like as it has evolved, right? The great thing is is like so I'm 35, I'm not quite sure how Kate how old Kate is. I'm probably early 40s, but we so it's like 30s and 40s because we're both like we've come together and so we get to merge the gap between it and the beauty of it is Is the, the women that are kind of a little bit older and more experienced for the most part, they almost in a way like act as mentors and provide advice during these luncheons to like some of the younger women, Wow, which is beautiful because we, we get both sides of it right now it's local, but we're going national with it. And we're going nice. to be launching like a membership side of it. Um, just because like these women, they're like, we want more. Like we want to be connected more. We want, we want like more like from this group. And so we're looking at um, A, our bandwidth, but B, like, how do we give women more? Like there's a need for this. H- how can we provide women with what they need to just help them have more fulfillment and love in their lives?
1: That's awesome. Going back to your marriage, is there any advice that you would give or could give a woman? in a marriage of how to, you know, if, if they have a successful husband or are they feeling like their identity is, they're stuck in this crisis, they don't know what to do. Is there some advice that you would give them, you know, short of, hey, leave, you know, like, you know, what what would you tell somebody?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So interesting that you brought that up. I've had women after each luncheon that we've done and they'll come up to me and they'll say, Kalani, like, I feel like it, there's a dichotomy. I had this burning desire to build X company or to do these things. But I feel like I can't do it because my marriage, my family, like my kids, my husband isn't very supportive. Like he wants me to be a stay at home mom, like whatever it is. Right. Right. And so I had these women, I'm like, why does it have to be a dichotomy? Why is it? Or why can't it be? And right. Amen to that. And so it's almost like trying to show, like give women, like the tools of, like staying in their marriage, but then also doing that. But again, it's really, it comes down to also the dynamic with the couple. Like, right. and there's certain things, my, the, th- the thing about like my marriage is it didn't dissolve because of like my companies. Like that wasn't it. My ex, he traveled a lot. Like he was gone for anywhere between two and eight months out of like each time he would go overseas for work, stuff and projects. And he wow. couldn't, like there were lives at stake. Like he couldn't just come home, right? Like right. it was either like stay there and protect, country and he's not in the military, but, and do what he needed to do there or like come home to me. And so for me, it was like, well, what do I, do I be selfish and say, come home because I have needs as a wife and like, I want to feel loved and you know, whatever it is, or do I just put my selfish needs aside or just my needs as a woman and then let him go like and protect the country. And so there were just like things like that. It wasn't my work ethic. It wasn't my companies that led to the demise of my marriage. And so I want to make sure that as I'm giving women advice it's, I'm never coming from a place of like, get out, like right. get, get out of that. But the thing is, is like, I think it's important as women to make sure, like to, to really reflect on our lives and just be like, is this what like we want to create for ourselves? Right. Like, and and if it's not, then do what you got to do. But if like the marriage and, and the the home life is really like a top priority where how do you build this with it? Right. And so I, I think a lot of it is just going to come down and like talking to like one's partner and just being like, look, like, how do we meet both of our needs here? Right. Like, the, because otherwise the thing is, is if women don't, if they're not, and maybe it shouldn't, maybe it's not building a company, right? Maybe it's just surrounding themselves with a great group, group of girlfriends too. And like supportive girlfriends and not right. ones that are catty and talk a bunch of trash and right. stuff like that. And maybe yeah, that's you have those groups
1: where they just go to brunch and it's all just shit talk on their husbands. Like that, that's a, that's a toxic, yeah. you know, environment yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah. And that's the space that we've created he, with sisterhood society is it's not about, like we're not trying to tear people down. It's, or even tearing down men at this point, you see all the masculinity things and men, this, and women femininity. And let's like, let's get women to, you know, elevate their status, but by dragging down men. And I'm like, wait, why does the men part even have to be a focal point? Can't we just talk about like lifting each other up and like, let's just collectively as women, like do the things that we have to do, like leave men out of it. Like they can do their own thing and like, we can rise together and it's not. And so that's something that we want to make sure that we're doing at sister societies is not tearing It's not tearing men down. Men are like beautiful and wonderful and like, and appreciate all that they are. But in addition to that, like we get to create the life that we want too. Right. So that's been a big thing for us is just how do we just support each other in our ambitions and our dreams and our marriages and our careers in, in every aspect of life.
1: Right. You know, culture camp. This podcast is all about teamwork, and I think people get a lot lost in like what teamwork is and like where where teamwork is found. Right? They they don't think of oh, I'm a manager. That's where my teamwork is. You know, I'm I'm a business owner. That's where my team, my team, my team. But really, like the team starts. You know, kind of with if you wake up next to a person and whoever that you know significant other is or that family, that's where you start your day. The team, right? Because you know, I'm a firm believer and I've gotten told this a million times and I've tested it out. And I'm a firm believer that if your home life just sucks and you cannot work well with your spouse or significant other, whoever you're living with or whatever that person is, or even your kids, the moment you step into work, it's hard to, you know, that stops at the door. It it carries with you all day long, all the time. And if you're constantly getting nagged on or constantly getting this or that or not supporting, I mean, there's a lot of aspects in a family in home life and significant other that really affects work. Do you agree with that?
0: I do. Yeah, I do. And, but the thing is, is like when, when we look at, well, why that, that home team life, right? Why is it that it's not working or why is it that it's miserable? Is it because each individual, whether it's the mom, the dad, the kids, whatever it is, but a lot of times it's mom and the dad, is it because they're not happy and then they're projecting and they're doing all these things to sabotage, sabotage the marriage or, right. you know, like, what is it? And so I, I think a lot of it comes down to the individual person and how do they find happiness and fulfillment within? Because once you fill up, once they fill up their own cup, they can give from the overflow. Exactly. So with that, it's just like, okay, well, each individual look at like how do you find fulfillment in what you're in what you're doing? How do you find love? How do you find happiness? Then as a couple in that container that's that is built, how do you find all those things within that? And then that just, I mean, that's the foundation of it all. And then you can go and you can build businesses. You can show up for other people. You can show up for your friends. You can show up for for like immediate family members um, right. and even larger family at scale. But I think a lot of it comes down to the individual and them just not being happy and fulfilled with who they are.
1: That's very powerful. And, and like we talked before, it comes down to a defining moment. Like it takes one or the other. I like what you're doing because you're instilling confidence in women to maybe have that conversation with their husband. of Like, hey, I'm not fulfilled. Now I'm not happy. It's not, I'm not saying I'm not happy with you. I'm just not being fulfilled. Like you think I'm happy. You think everything's great. And, and a lot of like, a lot of it are successful families, I should say, with a very successful husband and, you know, with the wife is just chilling at home and, you know, just a lot of people are different. And some people find super fulfillment and just raising a family and saying, oh, mom, kudos to you. That's great. But, you know, there's a lot of women that do not. That That's kind of where they're stuck in that rut. And I think it will come down to that defining moment that, you have to have that conversation. One on the other side. Like if it's the husband initiating and it, if it's the 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 wife initiating that, saying, Hey, let's figure this out and be a team and figure out a way that it will work, not saying, Hey, I'm bouncing screw you because I'm not fulfilled. Well yeah there are some things, a lot of times, you know, we all know communication is such a big deal. And we, you know, it's very difficult in having, you know, true communication because there are oftentimes like, you know, my ex-wife, there are oftentimes that she was unhappy. I had no idea. I'm thinking she's great. Like I'm thinking I'm doing my job. Um, Like I talked about this in in an earlier episode. I thought I was doing my job. I was bringing home the money, vacations, cars. That's was my duty. And she's like, no, I just wanted you at home. And I was very similar to your ex-husband. No, I wasn't you know, on the, on foreign soil, but I was traveling a lot, you know, sometimes 15 weekends in a row, speaking at different places and not really giving them, even in my off days and off times, giving my wife or ex-wife, you know, the time. And so, you know, I, I we, we talked about before we can talk about a lot of defining moments in life is just, you can almost nail down to a lot of different situations that defining moment yeah. where life, you know, either began or where you can or, or, in if it doesn't work, you can, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, we gave it everything we
0: had. Yeah, yeah. And it,
1: that's, that's really important to, to have that kind of closure if, if, if that's where you end up going.
0: And something, and I remember, and this was, you know, something that I think that I did wrong is that like, I was unhappy in ways, but I didn't, it was like, I would kind of voice it, but I didn't understand how to make a change. Like I didn't know myself well enough to know what I needed to be in a space of like true fulfillment and happiness, but I guess when your partner's gone all the time, that is going to affect you no matter what. Right. But I, I've done so much work on myself over the last two years to really get to know like who I am, like what my values are, what my non-negotiables are in life for myself, for a partner, and um, and I think that if I could challenge anyone that's listening right now, if you're not happy in say your relationship in any partnership, this could be a business partnership too, to not don't complain about it per se, but really take a look, a, a deep look within and try to figure out what would the solution be? What solutions could be implemented that might make you happy? And then from there, talk to your partner, whether it's your your spouse or business partner or whoever it is to try to find a solution because I was more like, yeah, I'm just, this doesn't make me happy, happy, but cool. Like, I'm just going to sit in that. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't do anything. Right. But just me complaining and bickering and that doesn't help.
1: Right. And that's great advice because there's a lot of, partnerships in general hard, right? <laughs> Whether it's your wife, significant other, or just a straight up business partner. And it's really that communication. Like, the, you know, the project that me, you, and we can say Ryan are, are working on, um, we're straight up. Like we, we talk each other. We, do you like it? Do you not like it? And we're, you know, we're three different brave personalities, but the the most important thing is we throw stuff out there and whatever we decide on, we decide on a lot of partnerships that I don't. It's, it's either like yes, man, yes, woman, and be, yeah, yeah, okay, 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 and you don't want to voice it, but you know we don't know what we don't know, yeah. and you know if you're if you're in a partnership with someone and you're having a really hard time with them and you're not liking things they're doing, have the conversation yeah. and say, hey, I don't like, I'm not attack, you know, there's a way to tactful way to do it, like you can't just be an asshole to them. Mm-hmm you got to gum to them and say, hey, you know, this is how I, this is, I don't agree with what you're doing or I would like to do it this way or hey, I disagreed with what you said to me in front of those people and whatever, something like that. It's just, you know, it just goes back to communication.
0: Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I think there's two parts with it. There's the delivery of it, right? How can one deliver their opinions in a way that isn't attacking to the other people? So for example, like when we were talking about, um, let's just say some of the venue stuff we were looking at before right. and you're like, yeah, Kalani, I don't really like that idea. And but your delivery of it was great. You could have come at me like in another way, like almost like attacking me, but then I would have been like, I could have, I would have gotten to probably a little bit defensive about it. So there's right. the delivery of, a, of it, of softening the delivery, but then there's also not being too attached to the outcome with partners, right? right? Because I might have a different outcome or desired outcome than you, than Ryan, Right. but it's how can, how can we, not be too attached to it and be flexible, but then also make sure that we're careful in in our delivery.
1: Right. For sure. It's, that's, that's super important because it's always, you know, I, I am historically known to have a tone in my voice. Now I'm still yet to find the tone. Okay. But my, both of my, my ex, wife and my current wife always talk about this tone that I have. My mom's talking about this tone that I have, but I guess it just, I'm, I'm kind of just a straight up person. And I, you know, like, So I'm working on it. I'm I'm recovering from it, you know, I guess. I'm I'm doing everything I possibly can to to work on it. But you're so right. The delivery, you can say the same thing two different ways and it can come across totally different and especially in tax and different things. So now some like advice, you know, that you would give, you know, even a a business owner or a, you know, maybe that husband and wife, but really like a business owner someone leading a team Mm how, what's some advice you give them on the delivery?
0: Oh, oh I'm so glad you asked this. I just had, I've had this conversation multiple times. Okay. So it doesn't matter if it's with your spouse, your sister, your brother, a business partner, you know, your team using the word we instead of you. And I'm going to explain this. I got this okay. actually from Jay Shetty. I'm going to use husband wife example because I think most people will relate to this. Let, let's just say you and I are married, Jason. And right. I'm and I'm just like, Jason, I'm like, you're such a, you know, lazy but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> you're so lazy. You don't do anything. Like all I need you to do is like take out the trash, and you like refuse to take out the trash. And now, and because, and now I'm so spun up, and you're not doing this, and you're leaving your clothes on the floor and all this stuff. Right. If I were to, if I were to come at you w- with that, would you not get defensive right away? Oh yeah, we're fighting. You're, like automatically, <laughs> like that word you. It's great for marketing purposes and for sales. But when you're having that dialogue with someone, it can come across as very attacking. Now, let's just say I, I, this is how I approach you, Jason. I really think like I know we've been going through a couple of rough, rough patches here, and I really think like we can implement a couple of things in our marriage so that we can improve. Just you know, go take it from I don't know a seven to an eleven here. And I have like can can I give you like a couple of tips that like I might have, or a couple of things that we might be able to work on together so that we don't have this. Well, here's like one of the things would be like, if we could just figure out a way of how that trash can be taken out every day, or if we could just figure out a way to, you know, so th- those clothes that are all over the floor, if they can just find their way to the dirty clothes bin, right? right. Like, and I'm using the word we, even though I might be pointing my finger at you for 95% right. of it, but because when I use the word we, it softens it so much. Okay. Right. So to, <laughs> no, you have, you have to report back on this. Jason, because Yeah. Cause it, it, I'm telling you, it will help a lot. So I was also on a on a partner call. So in the real estate company pre-I Share, there's eight of us partners. And um, I tend to be like I'm usually the one that's like leading the meetings and just leading you, you know how right. I operate. I, I do State. know how you, know how you know operate. How I operate. You're okay? a beast. So so if and it wasn't, um, we've had two partner calls over the last six months that they weren't like the energy just it was a little off. Right. And maybe we're disagreeing on things. Okay. So this was the second one of those calls and it, it was just off. And um, we're talking and I'm using the word we a lot instead of you. And I'm not calling anyone partner out. I'm saying we, and one of the partners says Kalani, we need to like have a conversation about these pronouns that you're using. He said, why do you keep using we? Cause even though like, cause I'm taking some of the blame here, even though some of the things that I was giving examples for, like I wasn't necessarily part of. Right. right. And I'm like, okay, let me give you an example. And I gave him a spouse example. Like if your wife, you know, the dishwasher and I, I kind of use that example and he's like, oh, that makes sense. And I'm like, doesn't that soften it? Like that could make your marriage like go so much better and decrease the number of arguments that you're having. And so um, so I that's the analogy that I gave him. But I think that if we do that with teams, like talking about like running teams and like companies, like right. if I'm just like, guys like that, we're just like something's off or our sales aren't where we want them to be, or just our communication isn't where we really need it to be. It comes off so much softer than saying like, you're not a good communicator and you're not doing this and you're failing at this. Right. It just, it softens it.
1: Well, it it gives them an opportunity to, to come up with an idea Mm -hmm. of how to help the situation because people, (laughs) I'm dying laughing because I'm just seeing me and Mikkel right now. Just you know, <laughs> are you
0: guilty of it? Are you guilty oh, yeah. of the you? Well,
1: I'm. I would say I'm a guilty of the you in my relationship, and um, I am probably better at the we in business. Okay, I, I will say that. That I, I am thinking a million different different ways of saying like, hey. You know we should do this differently and i'm thinking hey you should do this differently yeah, yeah. you know mikhail you know it's a little competition here and there and so yeah. we have a scoreboard no i'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, i have my internal scoreboard and you know I'm, I'm a thousand to zero she has not won anything no i'm just kidding yeah. um but no I, I think that's so important I, th- I think that you know giving them an opportunity to to collaborate right like a lot of you know at the start of my podcast i said you know business is not a pyramid it's a round table and if, if you come to people like hey this is a circle conversation Everybody has a voice and I want you to give me your opinion, even though I'm, I'm it's like, it's like, I'm telling you what to do and you're going to tell me what I want you to do back to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, it's like almost that like re-, re like positive reassurance. That's, that's interesting.
0: Or you plant the seeds. I mean, yeah. I even did this with my ex. I would like plant the seeds on certain things. And so, in, and you know what, Jason, I might be saving you thousands yep. on Marital counseling, <laughs> if you ever got got some of it, you know what I mean. Um, is I would plant seeds. So let, let's say I had an idea, or let's say we had a weekend planned and I kind of want to change the plan a little bit. Right. But that doesn't always go that well. Like when someone has like a vision in place of like how the weekend's gonna go, and then you try to like throw something in there, it's like wait a minute, that's like a wrench. And like what I'm what like I'm I'm <laughs> planning here, so it's yep. like it's like planting a seed a little bit. And this is like whether it's with a partner in business, and you just like plant seeds with people. Like hey, what do you think about this? And just be like, we can talk about it later. We can talk about it tomorrow. We don't need to talk about it right now. But like this idea just like popped into my head. And like, what do you think? And then guess what? That the other person, it doesn't matter again, spouse, business partner, then their wheels start to turn. Right. And then they start coming up with ideas. Even though you had those ideas all along, you just plant the seed. Right. And it's just like, man, I get what I want. And, you know, I didn't even have to create an argument out of it.
1: No, that that's <laughs> I love that. That You can use that in so many different situations. Like there are so many people out there right now that manage teams, manage people, own businesses that are like, you know, thinking to themselves, like, yeah, you know, that's why I probably get some pushback. That's why people probably, I'm having a hard time communicating, right? But if you, you can kind of, because people love to do their own ideas. Mm-hmm. And so if you're just planting seeds, then they're like, hey, we should, <laughs> I'm thinking about Mikkel must do this all the time because she's always like, I told you that already when, like, you know, would we go do something? But when, you know, then then you almost make it their idea and then they buy into it so much more. And then I think that's huge.
0: Because as humans, we want to feel seen, heard, appreciated, and loved no matter what dynamic it is. And so, How can we empower our partner? How can we empower our teams? How can we empower them to really like step into what we want them to step into, present ideas. And then the more collaborative we can make it, the more on board they're going to have, the more bought in they're going to be because they're going to be like, that was my idea. And so they buy in more. A lot of times as, as I'm going to say business owners, I was going to say leaders, but I'm going to say more business owners. We don't necessarily know how to manage a team. We don't know how to do these things. We might not know how to empower people. We might not know how to communicate or give corrective feedback or any of those. Right. And so it's just all these skills that we get to learn as a leader and as we're running teams and frankly running a, you know, partnership in general.
1: Right. No, that, that's awesome. I think, and it takes a special, it takes a special person in a, in a aware person to have to put the pride aside mm-hmm. to that ego. Yeah. The ego is so oh. big, you know, and like with, <laughs> I can't help but laugh because like in, in, because there is a big difference between, you know, like how I'm, you know, with, with relationships and business. And I think, you know, there's a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences. And but like in, in business, I, you know, my goal is for everybody to make it seem like it's their idea. And for, I want them to have all the credit. Like I don't want ever any of the credit. I want it all them, mm-hmm. but sometimes in relationships, it's like, you know, all, you, that ego. You, all the ego gets in, mm-hmm. it's involved. And it's like, I'm, you know, you're not really competing. There's no audience. It's just you and your spouse most likely in the yeah. car or whatever, when you're, Arguing over things, and but I, and I think that's very powerful because you just got to put the ego aside. Because at the end of the day, you just want to win, right? Yeah. And you're going to accomplish what you're going to accomplish. You're going to probably go see the movie that you want to go see. You're going to go to the restaurant that you want to go. But maybe it was their idea. But then the who cares? Yeah. Like you just you you you
0: got what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Or it's like those arguments that you know you're in the wrong but yet you don't want to admit it because the ego. Right. And so, and I just had this come up last weekend <laughs> um, where I was, I was in the wrong on something, but I was like, so like hell bent on just not wanting to admit that I was wrong. And I had to put my ego in check and just be like, you know what? Like you might have a different perspective on this, or I might have a different perspective on this, but put your dang ego aside, apologize. And then you, like, it can be over in three minutes rather than 30 minutes or three right. hours. And it's just right. it's our darn ego that, that gets in the way.
1: Oh, that <laughs> I can't <laughs> laugh because it's it's so, so true. No, that that's awesome. That's a huge thing. Anybody for leading people, business owners, anybody, you know, in, in any type of leadership position, that's so important. And communication is huge. Do you think that's been a re- big reason why you've been so successful is your communication skills.
0: I do feel like I'm a pretty good communicator. I'm not always. I, I do really try to communicate. My thing is is I'm at a point in my life, Jason. I just through what I've just been through that this phase that I'm in right now, whatever the next phase looks like for me, like I want to be so in tune with who I am, so transparent with like, hey, these are my desires, these are my needs, this is where I am. And I don't care what kind of partnership, business, personal, whatever it is. Right. And I just want to be so transparent of like, look, like this is what I need. What do you need? How can we work together to accomplish whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. And, and so the communication piece, I mean, it's, it's huge and that using the we thing and then just, I mean, removing the ego. I mean, I think those are some really big factors of, of being a good communicator, but not, but also in addition to that, just making sure that as an individual, you're expressing all of the areas of what you're trying to say, right? Like say with a, a partner, it's just like, Hey, Don't just tell them, you know, 50% of how you're feeling about a certain situation. Tell them all of it. Right. And then that way you guys can work together. And then at the end of the day, if something doesn't work out, whatever situation it is, whatever partnership it is, at least you know that you were true to yourself. Right. And for me, that next phase of myself, it's just, and this phase that I'm in, it's just like, I'm going to be as true to myself. And with that, I'm going to rally an army of people that love me. And then there's going to be people that don't love me. And that's just... That's
1: okay, and you don't have time for that. Yeah, I feel same way. I, I, you know, I, I make time for people that make, you know, that make time for me. And, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna take any crap right now. I'm gonna do my thing and surround myself with the right people and and move, you know, where I want to go with the right people. And I love to have, like, I love partnerships because I feel like I'm easy and, you know, I, I can appreciate what you just said it's about about being, you know, having communication because I don't ever feel like I'm guessing where you're at. You know, I feel bad for for like, like. He will text me like, "Hey, did you get that?" Hey. I'm like, "Oh, sorry." Like, cause, but I can appreciate it because, like, I'm not taking any offense to it. I'm like, "Oh, hey, hey sorry," but like, you know, there are there are maybe some people that be like, "Oh, well, like, you know, why you keep texting me or whatever." But I'm like, "Oh, no, 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 keep texting me, keep reminding me. I'm not gonna take any offense yeah. to it. I'm just gonna keep. If you have to text me every five minutes to get an answer, yeah. I'm okay. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna take any offense to it, and I appreciate that because I'm never guessing where you're at or where we're at. Yeah. You know, when what we're doing it's and it, it helps me think clearly instead of saying. Oh, does she mean that really? Or, you know, yeah, I know. Like when the venue changed, like, we're like, you know, we had an entire meeting about the style we wanted to do. And then we, you know, Ryan and I talked and we thought about it. And then, you know, we, we talked and we're like, you know, maybe we should change it. And then we talked about it again. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: And I even said, I I was like, Jason, like, feel free to bring this up at any point. Like you could have texted me or anything. Like, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that you had permission to tell me anything that you were feeling, right? right? Like, cause I want to be receptive to that too. And so it wasn't like, Hey, like you have to dance around. It's like, no, like, let's just be transparent with where we are. And so it feels good to all of us. And then that way, if we have to meet in the middle, what whatever that looks right. like we can, but from my perspective, like I'm not going to be able to meet in the middle with what you want if I don't know. So I'm like, Hey, right. just tell me. Right. And, um, you had said that, like, I-, I tend to be, you know, I just, I, I get things done. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> But I never try to come from like a point of like being the boss or trying to tell you what to do. Or it's just like, if we're going to set a goal together, then let's accomplish those goals, whatever it takes. And something that, that helps That this might help you in your marriage and your friendships and your business partners. It's like, Hey, we have a disagreement, but like same team, right? right. Like, like like say you were, I don't know we're I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about a business. Let's say it's a business partnership here. And I'd be like, Jason, I want to talk to you about something. I I don't quite like agree with it, or it could, this could kind of be a tough conversation, but I want to preface it like same team. And so, so, and what like my concern is, is my concern is X, Y, and Z. Like, how can we solve this? Because I really want this partnership to be successful. And I want to be able to do those things. And by me prefacing things, Okay, it really right. helps the other person to lower that wall and that guard of like, okay, this is the same team. Okay, now let's just like figure out how to address this. And right. sometimes with with team members, with employees, with I don't even like the word I do not like the word employee. Right. I like team members or team or whatever. But um with whoever it is, it's like, hey, same team. Right. And let's just find a solution.
1: If you're leading people, you need to go listen to that again because that's that's really important as prefacing conversations and basically setting like you're setting the expectation. Yeah. Like, hey, there's gonna be a tough conversation, but at the end of the day, we both want the same thing. We both want to win. You know, we both we both want. We're on the same team. We both want to accomplish where we need to go. But there's some choppy waters we got to get through, and we got to have this hard conversation. And most of the time, it never ends up being as hard as you really think.
0: No, no. But if you, but the thing is, is when most people, a lot of times, most people doesn't matter the kind of partnership is they'll start out like, Hey, like they, they don't even preface it. They don't, they don't plant the seed. They don't anything. They're just right. like, Hey, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's just an attack. And it's like, right. wait a minute. Like, let's take a couple steps backwards. First, let's preface it. Let's right. use the word we more and just some of these other things. Um, and it just helps so much with, with running a team.
1: Oh, I, I love that. It is being a, a a woman in business. What are some advice that you can give? some lady babes out there, some lady bosses, some boss babes, whatever you want to call them, that, that they can have like t- to voice their opinion or, or how to deal with more people. Because mm-hmm. like they, there's kind of a stigma out there and, you know, obviously, you know, it is what it is and whatever. But what is some advice you can give a woman in business or leading teams or to gain res- like a lot of, like I, I get the question a lot. I'm not like, I'm not, I hope I'm not coming across the wrong way, but I get the question a lot of how do I earn the respect mm-hmm. with people? Mm-hmm.
0: With uh, With men. With men. Yes. I I know 100% (laughs) what you're talking about. So this is kind of interesting that you brought this up is that here in Utah, and, and tell me if you have a different perspective on this, there's a very predominant group of men or groups of men, right? Whether it's on social media or off that are kind of leading the pack in a certain way in certain areas. And I don't know if other cities have that quite as much and i don't know maybe if it's just more prevalent here in utah because maybe we do have a lot more working moms and and maybe a lot more of the workforce here is males and i could i could be wrong on this and so for me as i say like i'm kind of playing in a man's world in a sense here most of my business partners they're all men and for me it's like those questions have gone through my head. Like, how do I earn the respect of of these men? Like, what do I do? Or some of them, like, don't even pay attention to me. Like, hey, like I'm valuable. I have ideas. I have all these things. But sometimes I almost feel like I'm overlooked because I'm a woman. But then on the contrary, I feel like in a way, I have a lot of respect from other men or even some of like some of the same men, but where they respect me as a woman for what I'm doing and I'm overcoming certain challenges and I'm putting myself out there in, in a space where there's not a ton of women. Right, And so I personally have had that come up. And I think for me, just like what I've had to go back to is look like I'm, I'm just going to be who I am and I'm going to build what I'm building. And if people want to be part of it, men or women alike, they're more than welcome to. If they want to partner with me, if they want to talk about ideas, they want to get together for coffee or lunch or whatever it is, like, sweet, let's do it. But if they don't find value in who I am, maybe because I'm a woman, then like, so be it. Like, that's not, they're they're not, like, I don't want them in my life anyhow, right? right? And so for me, I, I'm just, I focus more on what I'm doing and what I'm building. But for as a woman, there's a book called The Athena Doctrine. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. I have. So it's, it talks a lot about, why women are great at running companies because of the feminine side, because of the soft side, because of how we can communicate maybe not as harsh to people. Right, and um, and so for women that are in business, and this is I, these are some ideas that I'm toying with right now. Is I've played so much in my masculine my entire life. And what, so I'm talking about like masculine and feminine here. Right. And, um, and I think that that's pretty evident. If you don't know what I'm talking about here, a book called the way of the superior man. Have you read that book? I have not. I have oh not, my not, gosh, Jason. It, it's okay. I will say just that book showed me things that went wrong in my marriage that I could, couldn't complete, could not clearly articulate went wrong? Because sometimes it's hard to articulate our feelings or what we're feeling inside. Right. That book helped me with it. Really? yes, a hundred percent. And because my dad passed away when I was 13, I was forced to grow up quick. I was forced to play in my masculine, in relationships, in friendships, in business, and all the things. And I've had to learn how can I balance that masculine, that fighter, that driver, just all like the hustle of my life with like the beauty, the beauty of women. And like that feet, that feminine side, that soft side, that loving, that nurturing side. And for so much of my life, I kind of Push that away, and I and in a way that's how I that's how I got to where I am was by operating so much in my masculine. But guess what? There were parts of my soul that were missing, right. and the parts of my soul that were missing were more of the feminine side, like my friendships and and just all the things on on when it comes to feminine energy. So, and I'm not trying to get woo woo here by any means. That's not that's not where I'm going with this. What I, what I'm getting at is as women in business, how can we balance? If there's if and I don't think it's 50, 50, right? How can we balance the feminine side of, of women, but also have that, that go-getter, that doing that accomplishing goal side of things. And that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. And that's what I love about the sisterhood society is not only do I get to bring my masculine, my go-getter side, but I get to bring this like soft nurturing side too. Right. And I think for women, especially when it comes, goes back to like the Athena doctrine is, In as I'm leading a team with my companies, I get to incorporate more of that feminine side that I think so much of like society has told women or or told us like or told us. I I feel am I saying that word funny? Told. 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 There we go. Anyhow, I'm maybe I'm still in Florida or Boston (laughs) or somewhere. They've told us like that's not how businesses are run. They're not run by the nurturing side, the loving side. They're run by just get things done. Right. And um, and so I'm kind of playing with that. But I would say like that's the beauty of life is we, as women, we get to figure out like we can run businesses. We can do these things, but we can also run a side of businesses and make a different impact than maybe men would get to make for Sure. because we just run things differently. Right. We have a different impact on people. And so the advice that I would say is, yes, there's a time and a place for the goals and the doing and the hustling. But then there's also a part of us that we need to like nurture our souls. Right. Right. And, um, and that's kind of what I'm playing with. And, and I, and that's the sisterhood society and even friendships that I'm building. I mean, that's some of the advice that I would give is as women, how can we have both? Because the thing is a lot of women struggle with setting goals, setting boundaries, prioritizing things, just working. And granted, I can work a good 12 to 16 hours yep, in a day. I've, like I've I can do it. it. Yep. I try not to do it. <laughs> I can do it though. Um, and so for me, the challenge is the opposite.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. You, th- you think it's just how you your personality?
0: I don't think it's my personality. Well, I mean, in a way it's my personality, but it's because I had to when I, when I was, when I was a teenager, I had no, it's sink or swim right? and I was not going to sink. And so for me, it was just so ingrained in me to push emotions aside and just accomplish goals. But then you get to a point that you're like, wait, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like when, let's just say super, super successful individuals that we see online or musicians or even actors that they commit suicide. And it's like they were successful in ways, but yet part of their soul was missing, Right. you know? Right.
1: Fulfillment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's really, really powerful stuff. Do you, would you have any advice? Let's turn this around. Would you have any advice to a man towards women?
0: Or um, men towards like, women? like men that are running companies. Like running companies,
1: so like men that are running companies and have women or maybe hiring women or looking for a spot. Um, it's kind of funny Like we have certain, like we have a lot of women who work for us mm-hmm. and we have certain positions and I'm like, hey, try to hire a, a woman because it's just, they do, they yeah. perform better in that yeah. situation or, you know, customer, people tr- tend to trust women more. Yes. So like women salespeople are awesome because they can sell and sell yeah. and sell and sell. Like one of my best sales people is a woman right now and she is a killer. Mm-hmm. Like, She's a very go-getter personality. And I'm like, I'm, every time a customer comes in, I'm like, I'm scared for you because you think you're buying something today. <laughs> um, you
0: think you're buying a $10,000 RV. You're going to be walking out of oh, here yeah. with a million dollar yep, RV. Yep. And it
1: has happened multiple <laughs> times. And she loves it. She is a riot to hang out with. She's she's awesome. She's up in one of our Oregon stores. But is there any advice that you give like a man and having women in their organizations? You know, do you do you treat them different? Like, you know, what, would, what do you do?
0: Well, I think we have to understand. I mean, the way we treat men and women in a way um, we want to treat them the same, but we have to also understand the difference between men and women like that masculine and that feminine women. The beautiful part about women that gets a lot of shame is, is their emotions and how it's up and down and all around. But we can look at that and be like, well, we don't want to hire a woman because she's gonna she's gonna be crying one day, and you know maybe you know two hours later she's gonna be laughing her butt off, right? But right. the thing is, is like when we can learn to appreciate the different values and the different characteristics that both the man and the woman can bring to the table, I think we can really thrive more in business. Where a lot of corporate world, a lot of business is you do things like the masculine way and there's not much room there to bring in like a woman in terms of like that feminine side. I mean, and you could be a man that, you know, have more of that feminine side. I'm not trying to like get into all the gender stuff. That's not what I'm trying to do. The biggest thing is it's, there's so much masculine that doesn't, that doesn't make room for the, the feminine side and it doesn't even shine light and, and appreciate that. But if we can just mold the two, right then I think that we can get more done, have more of an impact, have a more successful team, and just really be able to do more in life when we can merge the two together.
1: Right. I would even argue that men that have a more... I mean, because you're talking like feminine and masculine, Uh Mm -hmm. like and men can be both. Yes, I might be. (laughs) Um, But like I... (laughs) Like I, I really do like, I'm like, like I've never really put it that way, but I really do have like a softer emotional side to me. And there is like, I have like very understanding of people and very emotional with people and very, I'll cry with people mm-hmm. I'll you know, it, it I, I do think that business, like a true business leadership position or like the culture of the company needs to have that. Yeah. like needs to have that. And and it's like if you're a person who doesn't have that feminine side that is cuz you know that doesn't really understand people and you know only has that masculinity side that is just a
0: cutthroat. Yeah, cutthroat just,
1: guy extreme, he doesn't really care or whatever, you're going to need either a man or a woman, just mm-hmm. you're going to need some femininity in there mm-hmm. and a feminine side that helps you with that. Like yeah. cuz and it's really like, you know, play to your strengths, right? If that's not your strength, then get someone that can help you. Like, yeah. you know, we, I've been contacted by people that, hey, like, I don't care about people. I hate people, this and that and the other. You need to come help me create a culture because mm-hmm. I have that side of understanding and like, hey, you just have like 40 guys running here around. This this freaking testosterone thing. Just super just wants to fight each other. Egos. <laughs> yeah, egos. <laughs> just, you need to have a team. And it's like, I always, I love sports. We just were at the Gator game or the Utes game. It was not the Gators game. It was the Utes game. (laughs) Um, They lost, but whatever. Um, But we were, yeah, we won't talk about that. But it was a great game. And, you know, you have a football team with, with, there's not 11 quarterbacks out there. It's an entirely different team, right? And down to the coaches and down to, you know, the trainers and everybody. It's just a different personality. And there are a lot of women. I love women coming up in coaching. and love women coming up in different things because, like it, yeah, it, it's a, they call, you know, football, man's world, a man's sport. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a bunch of dudes on a football field, but there is so much more to that and more to teams than, than just being cutthroat and dry. And like, you need that in certain situations, but I would say men need to be cutthroat and women need to be cutthroat, but mm-hmm. men also need to be understanding and emotional mm-hmm. and women are already kind of emotional. Yes, <laughs> we
0: are. <laughs> Jason, what's funny is I used to pride myself on only crying like three times a year. I really? used to pride myself on not, not having certain qualities that women have that, that like are very stereotypical, right? Like the emotional right. side, the ups and the downs, the crying, the blah, blah, blah. I used to pride myself on that. And I'm like, you know what? Like I'm robbing myself of something in life right. here by. Cause it oh, a
1: release. And yes. Like, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, can I tell you how many times I've cried in the last year? The thing is, I mean, granted there was a the divorce stuff, but even like, getting through that this year, I've cried probably one to three times almost every week, but it's not out of sadness at this point in my life. It's out of gratitude. It's out of the lives that I get to impact, that I get to be in a position to change lives, that I get to be in a position to put food on the table for people and to, to be able to know the little girl that I was and how much pain I used to be in. And that now I get to be someone that gets to help other little boys and girls, right? Not, I mean they're adults now, but I get to like I get to give back and journey. Yeah. And now I'm crying out of like tears of like gratitude that wow, like because I had the courage to not become a statistic, because I had the courage to do the things that I do, now I get to give back. And and that's like the feminine, like that's part of like the beauty of of females is is embodying that and caring about that. And I used to pride myself more on just being so masculine and all the things. And I'm like, nope. That's not where I want to play anymore. Right. I get to, I get to balance both of them.
1: Really. That that's that's so awesome. And you're absolutely amazing. I'm I'm so thankful and grateful that Ryan introduced us at that uh I don't remember what restaurant we went to at, at uh Brio. Brio. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, ever since I I when I when I met you, I'm like, man, you, you get shit done for sure. I mean, <laughs> this is this is gonna be a wild ride. And I'm just very, very grateful for you. Great, very, very grateful to know you. And you've taught me a lot. And I'm really, really excited for this. This uh journey that we're about to embark on that we're we're starting and you know, we're not quite ready to announce yet, but it's gonna be one epic, epic, epic company, epic thing, what we're doing. Um, one thing I wanna the last thing I wanna ask you and wrap this up is success is what to you? What does success mean?
0: For me, right, I think success is different for each person. Success at this point in my life is being fulfilled. Um, and really being able to embrace who I am as a, as an individual, as a woman, as an individual, as a, as a leader, as a business owner, and really like at the end of the day, being happy and fulfilled with who I am and who I've become. And that at the end of the day, I get to have a smile on my face. To me, that's success, regardless of, you know, most people will talk about success in monetary terms. For me, it's, it's not that, I mean, when I leave this life, I'm not taking money with me. I'm taking my soul with me. and, And I want to make sure that at the end of my life, I'm successful that I got to be, that I will get to be true to myself and my and who I really am.
1: That's awesome. Awesome. Well, Kalani, thank you so much for being on here. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time.
0: Thanks for having me, Jason.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Culture Camp Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star rating on your podcast player and share this episode with your team.